Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and today we are going to be talking about is it really possible to be a happy and healthy caregiver? But before I introduce you to our guest, I always like to do a little bit of housekeeping. So for those of you that are brand new to our show, welcome aboard. <clears throat> we do shows at least twice a week, and it varies. They're usually about an hour long because we like to have real conversations with real people, not just to feed you with sound bites. And so think about maybe you could be our next guest. Everyone is welcome from those diagnosed to those who personally and professionally care to researchers, advocates, and so much more. Now, if you liked our opening music, it's called Clarion Call, and it's by the Mark Arneson Band featuring Maya Dore, and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> we are live today. I should mention that. So if you have questions or comments, please feel free to call in at 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. Now, I have mentioned um, each time, and I'm so proud of this, we launched Dementia Map, which is a global resource directory, and that serves people living with dementia, their care partners, as well as individuals and organizations trying to assist them. But it also helps staff understand what are the true needs within the population. So check out DementiaMap.com, and you will find lots of information there. If you're a business with a service product or tool, we have about 150 categories. We're always open to adding more. Um, but check it out. Um, maybe you want to add yours. I'd love to talk with you about that. Now, uh, there are a couple of events I want to uh, let you know about. The Plymouth International Virtual Dementia Conference called Challenges and Solutions in a COVID World. Um, they had three different programs. Uh, October 1st is past, or October 27th is past, but there is a session November 3rd and November 10th, and you can still sign up. It is free. They're having fabulous speakers. I highly recommend that you sign up, and you can get information by going to alzheimerspeaks.com to get more information on that. And then I continue to facilitate Arthur's Memory Cafe, which is sponsored by Arthur's Senior Care. And we get together virtually on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month at 1 o'clock Central. Anyone is welcome to attend. And then Brookdale North Oaks is sponsoring a kind of caregiver connect. This one we meet in person. 
So you'd want to be in Minnesota in the Shoreview area. We meet at the Shoreview Parks and Rec um, Community Center the last Wednesday of each month. So again, anyone is welcome to join us there. We're going to hear from the Footbar Walker. And listen closely because they have a wonderful discount going on where you can get in their walker for $199.99 uh, just need the discount code. We'll be right back. Introducing the life-changing Footbar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Footbar Walker revolutionized my care of George. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. The Footbar Walker opens and closes just like a standard walker. The only thing that is different is the top bar and the footbar. Does that ever make a difference? Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The Footbar Walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up, and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the Footbar Walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the Footbar Walker. I love that walker. It's absolutely fabulous. And you can get the discount code again. Just go to alzheimerspeaks.com or you can go and find them also on Dementia Map. Now, let's get to our guest today because I think we all want to be happy and we all want to be healthy. So today we are privileged to have Elizabeth Miller, who is a family caregiver advocate, a speaker, an author, and a certified caregiving consultant. Elizabeth personally uh, has experiences for caring for her um, aging parents with chronic and terminal illnesses, and also for a sibling who had developmental disabilities. And so she was inspired to create the Happy Healthy Caregiver uh, back in 2015. And through her coaching services and speaking um, and her top 10 caregiving podcasts, Along with her book, An Online Community, Elizabeth helps caregivers infuse uh, caregiving and self-care into their busy lives. So welcome. How are you doing, Elizabeth? Thank you so much, Lori. Delighted to be here and kicking off National Family Caregivers Month with you. Yes, that's true. It is November 1st. <clears throat> I still wonder how we got to November. It just Everything seems the older I get, the faster the time goes. Just what my folks told me, but I never thought it would happen. <laughs> I know, I know. The days are long, the years are short, right? Exactly. Now, I always ask every one of my guests this question, and that is, have you personally been touched in your own family or circle of friends uh, by dementia? Well, my mom in her last few months of life had some kind of a cognitive um, disorder happening there. We never got her diagnosed. She was on hospice, but I've got some, some taste of sundowning and some other things that I know is super common with people that are diagnosed with dementia. And then this past summer, I spent some time with my aunt, my dad's sister, who um, passed away sadly this summer, but beforehand, and she was diagnosed with um, progressive supernuclear palsy and frontal temporal dementia. And actually, my cousin decided and, and her dad to donate my aunt's brain so they could really get some more details around what specifically she had. 
Well, that's wonderful. We did the same thing with my mom, and I've signed up to do that as well. Uh, you know, they they can't forge forward if we if we don't give them brains to work with, both healthy and diseased brains. So, uh, kudos to them. Now, what made you decide to create the the healthy, health, happy, healthy caregiver website, podcast, and community? That's a lot to tackle. Well, it, it was something that I wish existed for me, frankly. That's the, that's the short answer. You know, back in, in 2014, where things were spiraling out of control for my husband and I, we were both squeezed in the sandwich generation caring for our aging parents. And his mom had lung cancer. Mine had chronic morbid comorbidities. And then um, my kids, you know, were in middle school and, and starting out in high school at the time. And we were working full-time jobs and just, like, spiraling. We call it our spiral year. And so I just started writing first and then layering on the other things afterward because it just helped me. It was helping me while helping other people, and it was something that I saw a need for out there in the world. Oh, definitely. There can't be enough of us out there talking about the journey and the mistakes we've made and how they can avoid it, that's for sure. Now, you worked full-time, you know, while raising your kids and then helping families and uh, being a family caregiver yourself. How how did you integrate self-care into that busy, busy lifestyle? It it took a lot of creativity. It took a lot of intention. It you know, I, I had a clear example, three three very significant examples right in front of me of what happens when our loved ones don't prioritize their health and happiness. So it was a very intentional for me that I needed to do something differently or I was gonna replay the same song for my kids at some point in their in our lives. Um, and so I, I, I started just really trying on different things. You know, I, I was curious. I wanted to know, maybe that's my journalism background, you know, always, always seeking stories and, and new things, new experiences. But when someone said, you know, or I read something about this helping them relax or feel less stressful and less overwhelmed, I just followed that impulse and tried those things on and started figuring out what was going to work for me and would continue to do it if it worked. And if not, let it go and, and try something else. But it kind of made this really crazy time in my life um, feel a little bit more adventuresome. <laughs> so not to say there wasn't a whole lot of tears and stress in that too. You know, it's, it's like I said, it was intentional and I'm no different than every other human out there. This is, very isolating and overwhelming, particularly in the beginning, but I just knew this wasn't who I wanted to be, and I've always kind of been a positive mindset person, and I needed to to figure out how to get back to that point. Yep, how to get past the overwhelmed and the, and the how am I going to do this? Um, now, you have a lot of different resources and a community that's different than a lot of other resources out there that really encourage family care, caregivers to take care of themselves. So often people are teaching how to care for someone else, but your focus is really caring for themselves. Am I correct on that statement? Yes. In fact, you know, a lot of times it's new to people, right? It's like, wait, you know, they think that you were going to provide home health services or something. I'm like, no, no, I'm here for you. I'm here for you as the family caregiver. Um, I think what makes makes happy, healthy caregiver different and what I wanted it to be different is 
I didn't want to should all over people, S-H-O-U-L-D. I just, you know, I knew, and we all know, right, as family caregivers that we're going to burn out. And, you know, we hear it all the time. we got to put our masks on ourselves before taking care of other people. We can't fill from it you know, serve from an empty cup and all of those those sayings are great. But what we were missing is really the the very pragmatic and practical how to manual and like what that looks like. And I believe, you know, I know self care is a buzzword out there. Uh I know a lot of times it's about, you know, getting our nails done and, and girls nights out and weekends away. But I really wanted to to lure self-care. And I think, you know, initially for me at first, it was a lot about the physical parts of self-care, you know, the eating right and the exercise, because that is kind of what put my family in this situation. But over the years, I've really started to explore different types of self-care, not just the physical, but emotional and social, practical, professional, spiritual, intellectual, and financial. And so those kind of eight categories of self-care is really where I love to just dive in with our podcast and the, the blog posts and the different support resources that I put out. Well, and I think that that is, is really important, those different categories. And then also you had mentioned like girls night out and nails done. And of course you're talking for yourself, but there's a lot of, of um, men who are caregivers out there, out there too. And uh, well, they might enjoy the girls night out too. And they might even enjoy getting their, you know, pedicure and nails done as well. But um, but, yeah, you know, the smart no ones two people do. are the just, same. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you have to try it on. Like it, it, that's why I, you know in the in the podcast when I shine the spotlight on other caregivers, that was that was part of that journey. Is like I want you to share, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Guest, what's working for you, so that I can see if that will work for me, and maybe that's going to work for somebody else. Um, and I think, you know, self-care is a lot about those emotional things, you know, setting the boundaries and, and communication and managing expectations and um, learning and researching and and, um, and trying to fast track to those things because we don't have a lot of time. It's so precious. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. And it, it is hard to balance and it is hard to set those boundaries up, especially when you're perceived as take your it, you know, you're in control of everything or, oh, you do it so well. So let me give you some more. You know, I know I found for myself, I, you know, I was, I'm 62 and I was raised as a little girl to take care of the family. That was just kind of my role. And then when you're good at it, then all of a sudden everybody's knocking on your door. Well, can you fix this? How about taking care of this? And, you know, that, that's, that's very different from caring for someone who's chronically ill. <clears throat> and I know I got burnt out because I kept taking those types of things on. And then I finally learned, nope, that's not my, that's not my life. That's not my issue um, to have to fix or give comfort to. I can give comfort, but, you know, I ended up coming up with a rule that I'm not going to put more into somebody else's life than they are when it came to those fix it type things, <laughs> you know, they're going to yeah. drop it off and, and go ahead. Yeah, drop it off, go have fun, and then I'm writing a check or making a zillion calls trying to dig out of the hole for them, and then, and then I'd get that fixed, and then there was another issue, and it was like, well, this is a never-ending pit, <laughs> you know, and yet I really wanted to care for both of my parents, um, but that was a very different role. That wasn't something that they asked for or necessarily perpetuated either. Um, you know, it was a health and wellness type type deal. So do you see 
do you see it common for people to, you know, once you're kind of good at that caregiver role for others to kind of be attracted to bring their problems uh, for you to solve as well? Or was that just me in a fluke? <laughs> no, I think there's definitely a serial pattern happening there where, you know, people are, these are, they're good nurturers. They're, we're good problem solvers. We're, we're people who are going to make things happen and, and advocate for others. And we, we're tenacious and we've got all these great skills. And so people seek them out and they want, they want us on their team. You know, they want to, they want you to be that person. But I think it takes a lot of self-talk to know that, you know, you are only one person and you can't be everything to everyone. Uh, and so at some point you've got to have those boundaries and you, it sounds like you got to that point, Lori, where, you know, you, you don't like how you're showing up into the world mm-hmm. anymore and to yourself. And so you've got to make some changes. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a very uh, intentional process to say, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I want to keep doing. This feeds me. This does not serve me. I say yes to something. I say no to something else. And, and what, it, what are the things I care about, really care about that I want to say yes to? And, and who else can be part of this care team? And all of that is part of what helps you not find the time for your self-care, but to create it. And that's where yeah. the intention comes in. It, it doesn't just happen. Yeah, for me, it was I, I literally had an epiphany of uh, the difference between a caregiver and an enabler. <laughs> and that kind of slapped me across the face and said, wow, all this time I really thought I was giving care and assisting. And really, I was allowing this to keep reoccurring <laughs> in some of those other other situations. And learning that, you know, no is a very valuable word in our vocabulary, and it doesn't have to be offensive, but it's a, you know, it it really can help you draw the line in terms of, you know, taking care of of yourself as well as you do everybody else by drawing those Mm -hmm. those boundaries. Um, What type of benefits are you hoping that your readers will get from your self-care journal? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what they can expect um, if they were to to purchase that, and um, and why you wrote it in the first place? Well, I wrote it with caregivers definitely in mind. I just thought, you know, what is something I can do that's a small step in this direction of making self care a daily intention, something something bite sized and doable. And so the just for you daily self care journal resulted from that. It's it's not just for family caregivers, but it's definitely written with them in in mind. Because I find that, you know, as caregivers, a lot of us lose ourselves and we forget, you know, what brings us joy? What do we like to do? Um, Where do we dream of going and and happening to us in the future? Uh, And I want to put that back on the, put that back on the agenda in a small way. And so there's daily prompts, there's 365 daily prompts that people can go in and they can write, you know, a single word, a bulleted list, a paragraph. Um, you can, you know, of course, I, I skip days. I'm human because, you know, you don't feel like journaling every day. That's okay. It's, it'll be there for you next year, you know, if you want to kind of continue on with it. What I love kind of what unintentionally happened is that when, when it is, you know, somewhat filled out and completed, that it leaves a legacy behind, you know, of really who you were as a person who you are as a person and what's important to you. Well, I I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think, 
You know, I think journaling, sometimes people go, oh, I can't do that. But like you said, it can be a word. It can be a sentence. It can it can be all kinds of things. It could be even a sketch, I suppose, you know, or mm-hmm. a poem. It, it doesn't have to be big and take a lot of time and be well thought out. It's just, to me, and, and maybe this isn't your intent, so please correct me, but to me, it's it's the ability to get it out of my body and I find a peacefulness in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, writing has been a part of how I process everything. So, but it can be intimidating for people, and I don't want it to be intimidating, and, and I, I want it to be fun. And so there are, like, designs you can color as well, and then in between the months, there's what I call monthly fun pages where they have different activities. Um, it, it would make a great gift, frankly. So even if you didn't think you might like it, someone you know may may be the perfect gift for them. Yep. Well, I had uh, one gal who I met who was caring for her husband, and a friend of hers gave her um, a journal, you know, to write haikus. And she's like, I don't write haikus. And she said all of a sudden the next thing she knew, they were just flowing out of her. And she'd be in the grocery store in a, in a line, and she'd pull out a, a napkin or a scratch piece of paper, and she'd be scribbling something down. But you know, she said it was really empowering to be able to to reflect on our feelings of the day. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, they're all valid. Um, uh-huh. And I think sometimes we don't give our per, uh, give ourselves permission to feel the bad or the ugly. And then a lot of times I think we overlook the good because we, you know, we kind of go in that spiral, that, that downward spiral of, of what's wrong and what still needs to be fixed or how much we've really received back um, and and has been gracious in our day. Do you do you think people overlook the the good sometimes for what still oh, needs for to sure. be done? I you know I think we can all be guilty of having that all or nothing mindset. You know it's like oh caregiving it's all this. Well, it's not all this. You know I'm sure Lori you can remember some some times that had some great joy. It doesn't it's not all. You know, it's not all work and, and drudgery. It's There's a lot of really cool, shining moments in there and maybe some gifts of things that you did that maybe you wouldn't have done had caregiving not come into your life. I know it completely put me on a different path and introduced me to lots of different people. But even in my, my story, like with my mom, like I treasure the, um, you know, I treasure the podcast episode that we recorded together. I mean, I used to be so worried about what she would think about me writing about the experience and she was just like proud um Mm -hmm. and you know we had lots of visits you know i probably went up to see her when my you know we transitioned care from me to my older sister and i got up to see her a lot more than i probably would have if she would have been you know not in the caregiving situation um we had lots of great coffee talks together and and you know reminisced about the stories and uh, it's it's not all bad. Do you have stories like that too, Lori? Oh my gosh, yeah. In fact, you know, I had some friends who um, recorded my mom. One was a videographer, and the other one was a musician, and the other one sang. <clears throat> and they recorded my mom in her end stages, and they were going to give me this gift of an hour session. Well, my mom only lasted an hour, and she kind of floated in and out. Um, and I have those all posted on my YouTube channel. And I can have, I can tell you, Elizabeth, I can have the worst day. And all I have to do is go watch that. And it just fills my heart with joy <clears throat> on, on how lucky was I to be able to share that moment with her. And, um, 
you know, a lot of a lot of weird weird lessons came in a very strange package, you know, called dementia, mm-hmm. but really made my life better. And and I think so often we, you know, we're we're so much trying to be in control in the the detours of life scare us, which caregiving, you know, definitely is one. And um, and throughout that journey, we kind of want to control it. You really can't, especially with dementia, you can't control it. <clears throat> but yet, you know, it made me realize how many trips have I been on, you know, or even if I'm just going to the other side of town and there's road construction and I'm like, wow, I didn't know this was over here. You know, th- this detour really was a gift, you know, and it gave me something I didn't have before. It slowed me down or it avoided an accident or you can go on and on and on and on. And I, I think people will only find what they're looking for. And so I think it's important for them to know that joy and happiness is, is all around, but it, but it isn't something we're really trained to find. I don't think for the most part. Yeah, it it does take, like you said, intention and, to reiterate so much of caregiving, I think for me was I'm a control freak. It was a lot about learning how to let go and to be in the moment and go with the flow. And, um, and, and sometimes it did turn out, you know, way better than you anticipated. Um, even in, you know, when I talk about 2014 being our spiral year, we had a, a big family trip for the four of us. It was like our first European vacation with the kids that was like, we would have never gone on this trip and scheduled it, like knowing what we knew when we were in the midst of the year, it was such a gift because while we weren't actively caregiving, we had 10 days completely removed from our lives and it made us appreciate like every single moment of just being able to eat your meal uninterrupted and, um, you know, just be together and appreciate being together. And I think maybe that would have been lost potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We actually took a trip with my folks and, and my brothers and their family. We went on a cruise. Back in the day, you could go on a cruise and feel safe, you know. And, and um, you know, my dad had brain cancer. My mom had dementia. But, oh, my gosh, bringing the family together and having pictures, everyone all dressed up. And just um, yet people could go off and do their things independently you know, I think sometimes we we give things up to disease thinking that it's not possible. And, you know, I would always say try, you know. Try. Uh, yeah, try. Yeah. We we my sister's twins graduated from high school, I think it was, and we've made a habit. I've I've got a big family and I'm lucky to have siblings. I know not everybody has that situation of having siblings and some are more helpful than others, but I um, we we try to make an effort to get together for big events, big milestone events. And so my sister planned a beach trip in New Jersey. I'm from Atlanta. And we debated, you know, do we take mom? Do we not take mom? And, and we took her. And, you know, she didn't have quite the the beach trip that we wanted for ourselves, but it was a, it was fun for her. You know, she, she kind of hung back. We all went to the beach. We would visit her. You know, we'd take turns going back. We all had to go to the bathroom or make a sandwich or whatever and check on her and then at night you know sometimes she went with us if she wanted to we played a lot of board games um and it was it was fun she got to see the ocean you know we drove her up to it but it for her it was exactly what she wanted and it wasn't like we needed to put on her what we thought the beach vacation needed to be exactly exactly 
that letting go of expectations, you had mentioned you were kind of a control freak. And that's what my brother said I was, that I saw myself as just very organized, you know. So the, the perceptions with the family and the caregiving team can be really different. And I think that's really important to talk about as well. You know, ex- exploring things without going down the rabbit hole or, you know, assuming that it can't be or that someone's doing more than somebody else. I think everybody does what what they're able to do. And, you know, when you pressure somebody to do something that they really don't want to do, you know, the experience isn't going to be what you think it's going to be because they don't want to be in that space or they're, or they're not able to be in that space the way, the way it needs to be. Um, I just think there's so much to learn out of this journey that uh, I, I would like to ask if you have a couple of, um, you know, happy, healthy caregiver tips that you're, you're willing to, to share with the audience. I'm sure you've got like a zillion stories. and tips. <laughs> Yes, I, I, that's like my favorite thing is to share something that's going to hopefully help somebody make their journey a little bit easier. Um, you know, some of the things early on that I had to get creative with is, is really getting focused on my time and really understanding where it was going and that was in, in scheduling it. So scheduling the self-care time is important. It doesn't have to be called your self-care time, but literally putting it on your calendar just like you would any other wellness appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, would be one. And then a lot of times I do what I call two first. Um, you know, everybody loves a buy one, get one deal. And so I love a two for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so ex- some examples of those might be, you know, I, I want to spend time with my husband and nurture our relationship or my girlfriends were missing me, you know, during the, the early times when I was maxed out. And so I would say, okay, well, I really need to get outside and take a walk. Let me combine these things. And so mm-hmm. walk with my husband, walk with my girlfriends. Or like that intellectual self-care, like, look, I really need to get a handle on what I'm doing here with caregiving or starting a blog or a podcast. Um, what can I do there? Well, I, I already have to drive to work um, or drive to this errand or this or be, you know, with sit while my kids are at a practice. Let me put some, um, let me listen to a podcast while I'm doing that or listen to an mm-hmm. audio book. So I felt like almost like a little game there of trying to find some really, really good uh two first and then scheduling the time is, is key because it doesn't it doesn't just happen. You've got to really carve it out. Yep. Yeah. Well and I like that combination because it, again it's stepping out of well this is how I usually do it and it's saying, well, you know, there there are other ways to get this all squeezed in together and st- and still be a comfortable journey. And you know, one of my phrases that, that drives me crazy is, well, we've always done it like this, you know, and it's like, well, that doesn't mean that it's the best way, you know, mm-hmm. or, That's you know. boring. Yeah, let's make it up. Let's yep. try something new, and, and maybe it'll be even better than before, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, but I also think, you know, just finding support before you need it to, like, to kind of hit, we hit on physical self-care tip, maybe a social self-care tip would be, you know, really um, connecting with, and it doesn't have to be a traditional caregiving group. It could be whatever you're interested in. If you're mm-hmm. a cyclist, you're a, you like to read books, you're a knitter, you're um, a golfer, like just find your people and, and continue to kind of show up with that group so that you have a support group that's there for you when you just need to kind of remove yourself from that situation and have some 
some people who, who know you that are going to get it. And I think sometimes people wait too long to set that up. Um, mm-hmm. And it's important. It's important that we have that. Yeah, I I pushed all of that away. You know, I I, I pushed the the formal support groups for dementia away. Going, oh, you know, I I really have a lot of information. <laughs> and then I ended up going to hear a friend speak, and then he got sick and didn't show up. And then I'm like, here I am stuck in this support group, you know. And it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I walked into that support group because. The facilitator, you know, asked one simple question and it just broke my heart. And it was, what do you miss the most? And that's mm-hmm. something I never talked about. And I said, I just, I just miss a hug. You know, my mom can't use her arms anymore. I just, I really miss a hug. But Did it really you get one? Me, well, yeah, I got a lot of them in the support group. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was... Um, but it also made me realize that there were other ways I could touch her to fill that need. I could, you know, I can, I can still hug her, even though I'm not getting that necessarily that squeeze back. Um, there was still something there I was getting, but I was, I was missing it because I just figured she couldn't, she couldn't do it. You know, uh, it was kind of, it was, it was really eye opening or, my girlfriends always wanted me to go out for coffee, and I was too busy. It's like, oh, come on. How many times do I have to tell you how busy I am caring for my dad with brain cancer, my mom with dementia, I'm working full time, I've got a young daughter, I'm a wife, I've got extra people living in my house. I, you know, the, the list went on and on and on. And and um, my audience has probably heard me say, tell this story before, but I, they didn't give up on me, you know. And I love it. They, they just kept calling and thank God they did because what I found was um, I didn't know how empty I had become until I allowed them to fill me back up. Yeah. It energizes you. It gives you peace. It's like, that's my definition of self-care. It's like anything that it gives you more energy, like a little Pac-Man pellet or yep. just makes you feel more calm and peaceful Then that works in a cup of coffee with girlfriends. What's not going to be good about that? And then here's the um, other thing. It's like you've got to, you know, you've got to, a lot of times we say, oh, well, we don't need support. We don't need a support group. But what about that group might need you? Like yep. you, for you to get, to give back, that feels good. That like it, it, it validates how much you're learning and mm-hmm. how much you're growing in this journey that you didn't even know you were doing it. You know, I, I facilitate in Atlanta, Daughterhood Circle, um, daughterhood.org, they have a lot of, uh, circles around the U.S. and I helped with the one in Atlanta and I had someone who lost all her loved ones and she said, oh, I probably can't come to this anymore. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, you absolutely need to continue to come. You are my sidekick. You like, you get, you, you know, she's got tons of experience with people with dementia and cognitive issues and I rely on her um, a lot to kind of, because everybody's got a different journey and we all can help each other. So I just want to tell people that are listening out there, like you are part of the support system. Like we need you. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's so true. And, and don't you think too, so many people think, well, I don't know enough to help the next Mm -hmm. guy, but you know, once you do join a support group or a community, it doesn't even have to be a formal support group. It could be a Facebook group. All of a sudden you learn you do have something to give because you're ahead of the journey of somebody else. Yeah, you're behind someone else and you can learn from them, but there's always somebody who needs 
to hear your voice because, you know, if, if I, you and I could have the same message and in both our messages might not resonate with somebody, but then someone else says the same thing, just a little bit different and it resonates or it was the third or the fifth or the 20th time they heard it and go, okay, maybe I should try this. <laughs> you know? yes, this is a sign. Yes. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. we, we all take things in differently and there is, power in understanding the knowledge that you have, you know, and not in an egotistical way, but really a compassionate way to think, oh my gosh, my journey wasn't for naught. I can, I can help somebody else. There's a, there's a lot of power in feeling like this wasn't a waste. This was meant to be, I I did learn something and I can share it. I, I think that is so powerful. I see that both for People living with dementia when they get down and then they get connected with a mentor who has dementia and they they learn, you know, the power of their journey um, it is really helpful for others, but it also gives them a sense of purpose as well. And it's always nice to be able to help somebody else out. Uh, to me, that to me, that was a huge balance for me in terms of being happy and healthy. And granted, I could still be a lot healthier. You know, I don't exercise the way I should and probably eat the way I should. But that that emotional support, that spiritual support, the, the communications, learning boundaries, those really resonated with me um, and, and made me a total, total different person, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it, it translates to all areas and all relationships in your life, I think. Um, and we're all a work in progress. Look, I'm not exactly where I want to be. You know, people sometimes are like, oh, you're the happy, healthy caregiver. I'm like, no, no, that's not me. That's a mindset. But, you know, yeah. don't put that all on me. You know, it's something that, you know, we're continuing to strive for every every single day. You know, it's just, you know, but but make it intentional. You know, I like I've had a fun fun football season here, World Series with the Braves, like my kids in town. It's been a lot of fun. But, you know, at some point you just kind of like you go to go back to those good habits that, you know, serve you. And I know, you know, over time, like what, what I need in my life in order to, you know, protect my immunity and to feel feel better and um, and just keep keep going back to those baby steps. Yep. Yeah, I will. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you – I think it was good you said, you know, that's an intention, that's a mindset, because otherwise you're putting you're putting so much pressure on yourself. It's kind of like going on a diet, and if you slip up, well, okay, I failed, so I'm just not going to do it again. We're, no, you always got another chance. You know, it, it's it's not about perfection. To me, it's, it's all about progress, and it's about exactly. identifying um, what works and what doesn't work. And, and maybe every so often you just got to slip off and you need to yell and scream and, you know, do whatever you need to do to get back on track. Um, you know, as long as you're not hurting yourself or somebody else, you know, I, I said that's part of your healing journey, you know, maybe that, that you need to incorporate and, and, and maybe that's something you would disagree with. No, I think, I mean, I think tuning in with your emotions, no matter where you are is, important and, and out of all the self-care categories that's probably the one that I have struggled with the most you know mm-hmm. I've, I've grew up in a family of we, we stuffed our emotions with food primarily food and drink and you know for every occasion and that's something that I have to be really mindful of um, mm-hmm. 
and and really just name the feeling. Okay, I'm feeling bored. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling sad, or I'm just tired. And and what is that feeling? And mm-hmm. and how am I? You know, okay, I'm feeling tired. What's gonna What's gonna feel like? It's gonna energize me today. Well, it might just be staying in my pajamas all day and and watching Netflix to the point where it asks me if I'm still watching Netflix, which is so <laughs> yeah. funny to me. Um, but yes, I mean, but I think, you know, that was what, that's what you need on that day, you know, and that's not going to necessarily be the right, right thing to do every day, but I think it's, it's every day just kind of tuning in, like what, again, what's going to energize me and what's going to make me feel more at peace. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think, you know, practical self-care is, is going to make me feel better. Like, you know, today's a get stuff done day, you know, GSD day, I call it. Like I am just feeling overwhelmed by my to-do list and I just need, you know, talk to my partner and block out some time so that I can make these calls because they're just really weighing on me mentally. Like that is self-care in my mind because that's going to make me feel better. Well, and and would you include, because I would include this, you know, I have my schedule for, you know, who I'm taking care of and, you know, they're going to eat breakfast and we're going to get dressed. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And and maybe they just need a day where they just want to stay in their pajamas too. And and I know sometimes I would fight that and go, but yet it was okay for me to do that. And so then I'd wreck both of our days instead of just going with the flexibility of, okay, they got the right to stay in their PJs too, or maybe have breakfast or lunch at a little bit different time or just be out of routine. Um, but I liked that routine for control. And and I realized that I was causing myself more angst by not being flexible. Did you, did you run across mm-hmm. that for yourself or with others you talked to? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the situation, right? Some people thrive mm-hmm. in routine. Like I know my brother, my older brother that has a, a developmental disability, like we've he he's best on a routine like behaviorally he gets all out of whack and we all mm-hmm. pay the price if it's, if yep. it's not and maybe somebody with a certain type of dementia that might throw them off too but if it's like to your point as long as it's not hurting to them and maybe it's just like fun like hey what if we just did this today or why don't we have a movie day or i love a good theme so if you can put a theme around it Yep. Um, you know, upside down day, we're going to have breakfast for dinner or whatever. Like, yeah, just sometimes I think it's just life can feel a little ho-hum if you're mm-hmm. doing the same old, same old all the time. And so it can be, um, you know, I know that I was working some conversations even when I had to have with my mom when I helped um, her. She lived nearby in assisted living. And, you know, I would go over there and she would just feed me this long list of things I needed to do to make her life, you know, better when she mm-hmm. lived there. You know, I needed to fill my sleep apnea machine and clean up the fridge and blah, 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 and make sure I have enough supplies of this and that and the other. And, and finally, I was like, Mom, I, some, I just want to be your daughter sometimes. Like, can, why don't you give me your top two things? You know, this is how much time I have here to spend with you mm-hmm. this evening. It usually Wednesdays was our night. We had a picnic and you know, and I said, well, why don't I do a couple things on your list? Which ones would you like me to do? And then let's do something fun together. Do you want to watch an episode of Frankie and Grace? Or do you want to play some Skipbo or some Bananagrams or Color? But I just felt like we needed to put some fun into it all because otherwise it was just like, I'm just her caregiver. I'm tech support. I'm, you know, I'm her supply order. And you just want to kind of go back to what that relationship was like sometimes. 
Yep. Yep. No, I, I totally get that. When I was thinking of the routines, one of the things that always stands out in my, my brain was uh, Harry Urban, who I just adore and he's living with dementia. And he said, you know, routines are great, but you know, whose routines are they? (laughs) And sometimes I would find myself probably forcing my comfort in my routines on my mom or my dad instead of, you know, incorporating what are their needs, what is their comfort yeah. level. And and Harry, I thought was just said it's so great. You know, it's like, yeah, routines are great, but you know, for a person with dementia, <laughs> if it's your routine or our routine, there's a really, really big difference. And you need to you need to understand that. And I thought, oh yeah, that's pretty brilliant. <laughs> I wish I would have yeah. understood it's, that. It's a partnership, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's give and take. It's like what's going to work for you, what's going to work. Let's meet somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's okay to be like, you know me, you know, laugh at yourself. I, I love structure and routine. But, you know, and, and I always kind of say to my family, I'm like, I love structure and routine because I feel like if we're more organized, we can have more time for fun. But yep. as long as you really follow through with that, if you're, if you're never any fun um, mm-hmm. and it's all structure and routine, then – yeah, it might be something to revisit. Yeah. Well, and, and there's no, I mean, every every person you're caring for is different. You know, you're you're different in different moods at different times. And I think we have to be aware of all of those things. And then you add in the environments, you know, all of that stuff can change and affect us. Um, and so we, we have to, I think one of the, the biggest things I had to learn and I don't know if you did, but was to be kind to myself, to not beat myself up when I thought I could have done better. And, you know, instead of just acknowledging, you know, you could have done that a better way, Lori, I would just pound on myself and I'd let my inner critics in my head just beat me up, which would just exhaust me instead of saying, okay, I heard you, you had your time. Thank you very much. You know, I'll try to do better next time, but I I would, I would sometimes spiral and then I would just exhaust it. And yeah, so, I mean, it's it's okay. You know, I would spiral too, and I would have, you know, have that ugly cry and um, and all of that. But I think, you know, at some point then, for me, I had to kind of self-talk myself and just be like, look, you got a lot going on in your plate here. Let's let's look at all of this stuff. And, I, you know, I, I remember writing this blog post about, I gave an analogy that it felt like feeding a nest of hungry birds. Like, I was this mother robin, and it had these wheeling mouths all open and then just like nobody was ever satiated it was just constant <laughs> but at the end of the day you know you have to the mother robin's got to feed herself the worm or she's gonna not be able to go out and hunt and gather and then you know you look in the mirror at night and you're like you know if you can kind of just look at yourself and be like you you really you know you did did what you could do today good job yeah and so now it's my you know what I tell my clients that I help coaches I just say look when that G word starts creeping up, because we all have it, the guilt feelings. And, yep. You know, sometimes guilt can be a good feeling, like you, you want to show up differently in your life, but sometimes it's not unfounded. And, and then you've got to replace it with the other G word, which is grace. Just give yourself mm-hmm. some, some grace because there's a lot on you and something's got to give. And hopefully it's not your own sanity and health and happiness. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and I would say another G word is just the gratitude. For being being able to do what you did. Um, And again, I wasn't, 
I was always looking at the next problem to fix instead of, you know, I wasn't looking back at what we've accomplished. Um, that was just kind of my personality. And I've, I've learned a little better to look back and go, well, come a long ways, learned a lot of things, um, been through a lot of challenges and, you know, I'm still here, <laughs> I, you know, and I, and I think I'm smarter, you know, for, for the journey. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, none of us were perfect before. And I, I just, I roar because I know I did this and my guess is you did too. And yet your expectation is you should be doing this perfect job, you know, and, and everything should fall in place. And it's like, you know, if you're honest, your life wasn't like that before. So why would you think now that you are, you know, caring for someone with a chronic illness or, you know, whatever it might be, why would you think that's going to change? And yet I, I think there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves for being perfect. And we know others are, are watching us and judging mm-hmm. us in terms of how we're doing. And and I don't think we talk about that that much, about the pressure we feel from others who might not even be participating in the journey. But, boy, they got an opinion and they might not state it, but you caught that roll of the eyes or, you know, whatever it was they were doing you know, or, or saying to somebody else, um, those things I think are real, really very, very real out there and they affect us, mm-hmm. um, but we don't discuss I, them a lot. I think, you know, this is this time of year in particular, there's a lot of pressure on us as the holidays start coming, and, you know, remove caregiving from the equation and it's already a lot, you know, especially if you're you're juggling kids and, and work and, and you've got multiple things happening at the same time. And, you know, I think there's a, there's some real thought process that can go into like how to simplify the holidays for you. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, we, you'd asked me for tips earlier and I thought, well, maybe this will help somebody is just, what are some ways that, you know, one way for, for us was that, you know, I'm, I've got this family of four and, you know, you think you have to keep doing all of these things because you've always done them back to, we yep. said that earlier well, some people may not care too hoots about it. And so when I ask my family, like, hey, what's the one thing that you need to, you know, that you definitely want to do over Christmas break or want to do over the Christmas holiday or Thanksgiving or whatever it is, you'd be surprised at what they'd say and what they don't say. You know, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to always be that way. You know, what we did one year we did the trip and we said, okay, we're not, we're not going to do gifts this year. We're going to you know, we're not going to have a big meal. We're not hosting anybody. We're just going to have Chinese food and we're going to watch movies all day. And we're going to, you know, we're going to make a movie of our trip and we're going to watch that. And it's going to, it, but it, does, it doesn't have to always be that one size. Oh, we're going to exchange names and you don't have to do all the, all the shopping um, yep. or the cooking, you know, maybe it's a potluck. Maybe you don't have this big turkey dinner this year. I mean, some of us may not even be able to get turkey from what I hear. Yeah. So we may have to yeah. figure out the Stouffer's lasagna or something, but they'll eat whatever you put in front of them. That's what I found out. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, wouldn't it be nice, you know, like it's, we were talking offline about the pressure of you might not be able to get your gifts and that's kind of in everyone's head. It's like, what if it was a gift of kindness? What if we just did, mm-hmm. you know, something special for somebody that really meant something that we knew would make a difference in their life. It's like, instead of getting a sweater that probably isn't going to fit, or they're going to put it in the ugly category, ugly sweater category where we, we think it's just beachy, you know, um, you know, or having to return gifts, you know, uh, there's so much, there is so much stress in the holiday season. And, yes. um, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. 
don't subscribe to the stress. Let's rethink it and try to do it differently. I'm, I'm definitely trying to continually find more joy in the holidays and, and less of the, all the, um, to keep it merry and bright, as they say. Yep, exactly. Well, I, this time has just blown by. We've got about eight minutes left. Do you have a story or two that you'd like to share with us about um, maybe maybe yourself or maybe it's someone who you've um, helped on your happy and healthy caregiver role in terms of a, a life-changing moment or a light bulb moment? Oh, gosh. So many different things. I mean, I would love to just maybe just share some things that I wish people that I knew about. Like I have been pleased to be involved with a group called No Barriers USA that they offer caregiver respite um, vacations for people. Um, and I've gone on, been a retreat leader with them and I'm a caregiver ambassador. And so I love, you know, I, I've seen firsthand of how these weary caregivers come to these retreats and, you know, we go through a process of the past, the present, and the future, and now how they just, before my eyes, you know, find themselves again and leave, you know, happy and healthy and, and uplifted. And then they have a rope team to kind of carry them on. So I think, you know, that's been some amazing stories for me this past year. And then if I could, Lori, there's some events coming up for National Family Caregivers Month sure. um, that I would love to just um, put out there is, one of them is um, the I'm doing a virtual cafe, I'm calling it, on November 11th at 11 a.m., where we're just going to have games and prizes. We're just going to have fun, and we're going to play some bingo and, and share some, some tips there. And then also um, through the organization that I got my certified caregiving consultant um, accreditation through, um, the Carriers Academy, we have an upcoming conference called the Caring Conference on November 12th. And the theme of it is called Our Courageous Acts, and I will be speaking about um, having courageous conversations with our loved ones, and that could be courageous in asking for help or courageous in setting boundaries, um, different ways we can kind of look at that. But I think those are two events this month for National Families Caregivers Month that would be amazing if people wanted to um, connect to those. And I love that we just have a month. I know that we need to care about caregivers all year round, but I know that it does give some visibility to the 53 million in the U.S. alone that are doing this out there. And um, the more we talk about it, the more we share about it, um, that is a form of advocacy, and that is how we get change in this world. Oh, I, I totally, totally agree with you there. Uh, we can't lift enough voices. Um, because there are so many people that need to hear the journey and the hope and and the survival, you know, of this role and uh, very, very, very important stuff. Now, I don't know if you have your two events listed on Dementia Map, but I'd love to see those listed if you haven't put those oh. in yet. Um, oh, you can. Yes, I'm on the map. I'm on the Dementia Map, but I've got to get better about putting my events on there, Lori. I'm on it. Right after we hang up, I'm going to put them on there. Yeah, because I just go under the, the member area and then click on, you know, you have to sign in first and then um, click add an event. It's super easy. And within 24 hours, you know, Dave will approve those and, and they'll be up and running. But, yeah, it's it's easy to get uh, waylaid with stuff. And um, I know I, I personally need to get better of putting stuff in for futures because, I, I mean, I'm booked out till like December and yet I, I wait for people to get me stuff, and I suppose I could just put in that we're having a show, 
Um, but then I feel like I'm doing it <laughs> yes. twice. So it's it's weighing it all out. But, you know, the more information we can share with people, um, the easier it makes it, on, uh, you know, available for everybody. And with either of those events, is there a cost to that? or There is not a cost. Nope. And then the other thing I would like people to look out for, I don't know if I put this on, I'm going to that, but I'm, I do a holiday gift guide every year for caregivers and care recipients. And so that will be coming out in the next, um, oh, by, by November 15th, we'll definitely have that out. But that's, you know, I, I love to just kind of, I, I put a lot of time and effort into that. So I'd love for people to check that out. Okay. And then don't forget to list your podcast on there too. You know? Yes. The Happy Healthy Caregiver Podcast, the latest episode I did was with Richard Louie from the MSNBC Reporter. We talked about selflessness um, mm-hmm. and some of the projects that he has going on. And he's he's a really cool guy that's helping to give caregivers a voice. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Now, the best way for people to get a hold of you is to go to happyhealthycaregiver.com. That's how – I can't – I'm getting tons of – I'm tied. <laughs> HappyHealthyCaregiver.com. Any other contact information you'd like to give or they can just get everything I from think there? That's, yeah, I think that's a great spot. We'll just keep it easy there. Okay. Simple is good, especially when people are feeling burnt out. So I know our caregivers yes. probably appreciate that very much. And, you know, to our listeners, you know, please like, click, and share this. You know, don't don't keep Elizabeth's work you know, silent, share it with others. She's there to help. That's her whole goal. And um, be part of spreading the word. All it takes is a click or, you know, a sentence if you're sharing with a friend. So, uh, you know, we are just so much better together in raising one, one another's voices and getting people to really understand there is so much more help out here than people think. And it doesn't all have to be in your own backyard anymore. So tap into that. Um, check out Dementia Map. And, again, any any last words from you? We've got two minutes left. No, I would echo what you said. Together, you know, we can do hard things, but we don't need to do them alone. So let's stick together, people. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you again so much. And, again, go to her website, happyhealthycaregiver.com. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. Bye now. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.